Welcome to Industry Roundtable with Roger Reiswig. I'm Roger Reiswig, Fellow and Vice President of Industry Relations at Johnson Controls. In this series, I will host leaders in the industry to explore fire and life safety issues that matter to you. Hello, and thank you for joining me today for Industry Roundtables. This is Roger Reiswig. And uh, today, my guest is Professor Jim Milkey from the University of Maryland. Thank you for joining me today, Jim. Thanks, Roger, for the invitation to talk with you. I'm glad you're here today. We have a topic today of what is a fire protection engineer. And while that might seem obvious or basic to some of the audience, I'm sure there's many out there who might not be as familiar with what a FPE is or the background of an FPE and, and even about the program at University of Maryland. So I thought it would be great to have uh, Professor Milkey with us today to help go through that. So, Jim, if you could provide our listeners with a brief overview of your background and your position at the University of Maryland. Sure. Happy to happy to do that. I, I will say just uh, as you talk about people not understanding what a fire protection engineer is, I, I think uh, as I first entered this this field as an undergraduate, I had to explain to every one of my relatives what in the world I was doing and what was a fire protection engineer and every friend that I, and person I'd, I'd run into since. So it's a, been a, a common thing to talk about and trying to describe for basically all the years I've been involved in this field. Uh, I, I entered this field uh, it, through a bit of a circuitous route. I was originally a physics major at Ursinus College, a small school outside of Philadelphia, coming out of high school, not knowing what an engineer was. I'd had a class in physics, so I thought, well, physics sounds like a good major. Um, I was in a small, this, this Sinus College was in a small town, so I ended up joining the volunteer fire department thinking it would be good for just giving back to that, that community that we had the college. Uh, in getting involved as a, a volunteer firefighter, I came to know about fire protection engineering and thought that's an, an ideal way to combine the talents I had in the STEM field with this now passion I had for fire safety. So after getting a, a degree at Edersinus in physics, I, I transferred to Maryland and got a second bachelor's degree at that point in fire protection engineering. After the, uh, the degree in uh, fire protection engineering, it, I went on to Fairfax County, Virginia and their fire marshal's office there for my first job. Uh, did a lot of... Um, Code conspection, plans review, was, was somewhat the technical expert for the fire department, helped the fire investigators. Um, so I had an array of, of um, responsibilities and, and enjoyed the job immensely. Um, I was offered a, a possibility to come back to Maryland by one of my past faculty or professors, sorry, uh, Jack Watts, uh, to conduct research with him. And uh, in that time where I was got back to the university to, to conduct research, uh, I entered a, a master's degree program in mechanical engineering, uh, got that degree, and uh, right as I got that uh, master's degree, a faculty position opened up in the department, and this was that, is back in 1981. Um, so Professor Bryan, the chair at the time, offered me a position to join the faculty. Uh, in 81, I, I had to continue on for a, for a PhD, so the, the position was conditional, um, but um, uh, I went ahead and did that, got, got my PhD in aerospace engineering and moved up the ranks in the faculty. And now 10 years ago, uh, I was offered a, a position by the dean to become the chair of the department, which I've accepted and, and have enjoyed immensely. 
Well, that's great, Jim. And, you know, I've, I've known you for a while now, and I, I don't think I realized all of your background like that. So um, uh, very interesting. And you also the, the hands-on experience that you've had as well is very um, helpful, I'm sure, as a professor uh, at the University of Maryland. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree with that. And as much as it was a a uh, little bit of a delayed route to get to grad school and get into the faculty ranks and so on with the, the time at Fairfax County. I, I wouldn't give that up and being able to, to be, um, you know, to see things as they're being practiced in the field and in the construction industry. I, I, I found that to be incredibly useful as I eventually went on to teach and, and so on. And, um, and, and have relished that, um, that practical experience that I was able to get with Fairfax and, and even continuing it as a faculty member doing some consulting work here and there and just to, to keep my hand in the applied part of the field. No, that's great. And I'm sure probably a lot of our audience knows either you or, or of you and to hear your progression and your career and, and how you went through that, um, I, I think is, is interesting for them, but also for people that might be venturing into maybe maybe I want to become an FPE or, or, or an engineer and uh, to be able to not necessarily, you know, approach it in the same respect that you did, but to know that there is options, you know, if you've already gone down the road of becoming a mechanical or civil or, or some other type of engineer, that there's a lot of crossovers that seem to happen, um, you know, in, in the department. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And those are things that we could chat about through this podcast of, of various ways to, to come into the field. And there are many, many avenues. And uh, it, as, as far as I'm concerned, as a as a fire protection engineer and, one, and interested in having more fire protection engineers, let alone in my academic position, uh, it, it doesn't uh, matter to me what path you use to get here so long as you get here type of thing. Yeah. And, you know, and that was one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast with you is, you know, there's a need for more fire protection engineers in our industry. There's just not enough. Um, I know if you take all the graduates that happen um, in one year, the industry seems to gobble them up in, in a matter of days or even before they graduate, they have positions uh, with various companies or, or even the government. So, um, so I guess as we go into this a little bit more, Jim, you know, for, um, the FPE program for students at University of Maryland, what kind of activities can they get involved with inside the classroom or outside the classroom? Um, well, well, inside or outside the classroom, um, there, there are a variety of activities that, that our students get involved in. And certainly uh, we can talk through what, what those classes are and that sort of thing. But uh, as I tell the entering students and um, whether they're undergraduate students or graduate students that, that um, you know, it, we, we certainly want them attending class and, and doing their homework and that sort of thing. But, but a week, uh, a week shouldn't be go to class, study, go to bed, go to class, study, go to bed, you know, kind of thing. They, they, there's so much more the university has to offer. Uh, the department has to offer, and, and that could include uh, joining a research team to conduct the, the fire safety research that we get involved in here in the department. And uh, we, we get involved in a, in a wide array of projects here in the department that, that make a, a huge difference uh, uh, either uh, nationally or globally in, in, uh, in the fire safety world. Uh, we do research in, in batteries and the hazard associated with lithium ion batteries and looking at suppression techniques uh, for the, the batteries uh, if they ignite, getting involved in wildfires, uh, looking at the, the flammability of next generation refrigerants 
that are being proposed, uh, flammability materials, whether they're polymers or whatever they might be. Uh, we've had uh, some work here recently looking at fire safety challenges in low-income communities, um, either abroad or here in the U.S., and, and even have some research in the department looking at fires and microgravity, which means uh, we're doing experiments up on the space station and uh, learning how fires grow in space, uh, different flame characteristics uh, if, if, um, if a fire occurs in space. Uh, in addition to all that, we have a student chapter, the Society of Fire Protection Engineers here. They, they have monthly meetings um, where we bring in professional speakers they, and they do some uh, uh, social activities as well. They often field intramural teams um, to, um, to develop a bit of a bond and a network amongst themselves. We have a group of our students that act as ambassadors, which means they're part of our recruiting team. And that one of our challenges is always to talk about the, uh, to talk to prospective students or to try and get students that become prospective students interested in joining us at some point, either at the undergrad or grad level. So we, we have our students that that um, we, we rely on to be a, a, a principal part of our messengers going out to um, to talk to other students. And uh, and then besides all of that in the department, there there's a at a big university such we have such as we have here at Maryland, there's just about any club you could imagine. Uh, that that is here that you can get involved in, whether they're uh, clubs associated with, with some uh, type of sport or uh, math clubs and drama clubs and, you know, what whatever, all sort of things. So there's there's uh, got to be a club that, that meets the, the uh, or gets into an area of interest for, for any student that would be here. Yeah. And the research that is done that you were, you were hitting on, it's just fascinating. As I've been involved with the university for uh, several years now, the various types of uh, research that happens within the department is absolutely amazing. You, know, you kind of hear people kind of joke a little bit. Yeah, they, they set things on fire and figure out how to put them out. But there's so much more to it than that. And um, yeah, I, I just find it fascinating, the work that is done out there. You know, and then I guess if we back up a little bit in the life safety industry, we see Many electrical engineers, mechanical engineers, you know, doing suppression systems or fire alarm systems or what have you. Are there any similarities that an FPE might have in common with a mechanical or electrical engineer? Or for that matter, what sets an FPE apart from these these disciplines? Yeah, really good question, Roger. Uh, the um, the FPEs here, or at least our curriculum, has basically the identical first two years to uh, virtually all the other engineering majors here at, at Maryland, with a, um, an exception of perhaps a class or two um, for, that, that may distinguish us. But the, the rest of the two years are all the same. It's a common foundation, common engineering foundation um, that, uh, that the FBE will have uh, as compared to the mechanical engineer, civil, aerospace, whichever. Um, now, that, that said, where the differences are there, uh, are, are more in um, the, the FP is going to develop a, a special understanding and a better understanding of the codes and standards in our in our field that um, and that makes them more familiar with the design requirements uh, that that enables the FP to design better design solutions which meet the intent of the code some of the things that maybe aren't written in the code and they're written in they're in between the lines kind of thing um, that that just picking up the code and reading it and memorizing it wouldn't give you that insight as to 
why that particular code section is as it is. And those, those are the, the type of topics we talk about. We don't read the code to our students. We don't go in Tuesday morning and say, okay, let's open the code book and read section 2-2.2. Uh, but we will talk about why section 2-2.2 or maybe chapter two in general has the requirements it has in it. Um, and and what, what's it trying to achieve? What's, what's the, the design basis for that? So they'll better understand that intent of the code. Uh, and, and then the other thing that, that, that we do, um, so there are, there are a bunch of uh, engineering analysis methods that get used in fire protection engineering, be they just little algebraic equations or be they sophisticated computer codes. And anybody with a calculator can, can run a calculation of, of an equation or, or anybody with a computer could run to one of these uh, computer models, perhaps. Um, but, but the computer models are not black box models. You just throw some input and turn it on and go. You have to understand why you're doing this analysis to begin with, um, how to find the relevant inputs for, for the analysis, and that there are uh, inputs that are, that are going to be uh, much more relevant to a particular application, be they related to the, to the I don't know, the, the enclosure, the wall materials, be it related to the particular fuel materials that we're doing some fire simulation of. Uh, the FP is going to better understand the certainty or uncertainty in the analysis. Um, the person that's not been trained in the models will will perhaps take the result of a model as, as if it's uh, you know a, a, a gospel and it's just part of a religious experience. And it's certain it's there. It's in black and white. That it's got to be true. Uh, and um, and in fire calculations, there's always uncertainty involved in that, and for that matter, for any engineering calculation, there's uncertainty involved. So it's going to be the FPE that's going to understand. Um, what is the level of, of uncertainty in a particular calculation? And then finally, the FP is going to understand, because they are going to understand the model, understand the basis of the model, they're going to better appreciate the, uh, the intended scope for the use of that model and not overextend it or overuse it beyond what it was intended for. Yeah, I like how you were defining that earlier. You were talking about we're not there to interpret the code or tell them this is what the code says and this is how you apply it, but really give the educational understanding about how it's developed, why it was developed, the intent behind that, because and we're not really, this really isn't a discussion for this topic now, but performance-based design comes up and more and more we see in the codes where this is what the code says. However, if you want to do a performance-based design, that is a an option. And I see an FPE have a huge part in that. And having the philosophical understanding the way you just described it, I, I think is a huge value uh, for that person when they when they come into a project or a situation. Absolutely, Roger. Yeah, I mean, it, and, and let, me, let me just say also just so of the of the courses we do, let's, let's if I could describe our undergrad program a little bit as the kind of things we do. Um, our our program, really like any engineering program is going to have a mix of theory. It's going to have a mix of experiments and hands-on activities. We're going to have design courses. We're going to do computer simulations. I mean, the experiments, we do fire-related experiments. We do some hands-on activities that involves a pump test uh, in um, on, on campus here. So very very applied, very practical kind of information. We, th we have a day that we spend over at, our, um, at the Maryland Fire and Rescue Institute, another branch of the university. Um, and uh, go visit their sprinkler lab to, to show our, our students a, a variety of, of sprinkler valves and what these things look like. Um, put, tear them apart a little bit and, and, and take a look at the guts of them. Uh, 
uh, same way with, uh, with with fire alarm components uh, to to see what what these things do look like and have a little hands on experience. Uh, the, the design courses we have include uh, courses in in uh, basically any kind of fire protection system that would exist from the wide array of fire suppression systems, sprinklers, clean agents, uh, foam systems, which, whichever to uh, courses in detection and alarm, smoke control, means of egress configuration, and fire-resistant assemblies. So we, we really cover the waterfront of, of virtually any any kind of fire protection system that uh, that one of our graduates will run into out in the field or be, uh, be responsible for uh, developing the design of. So that kind of leads me into uh, next question, Jim. When I look at the fire protection engineering world, are there specialties that they can uh, have in a certain field or of the industry, like a suppression specialty or wildfires um, that someone would, would do? We, we do. Uh, I will say ma the majority of our undergrad program, at least, is set uh, or designed to, to provide people with a, with a broad background in the field so that they can do a wide variety of things with that degree. And, and they do a wide variety of things with that degree. Uh, I mean, that said, there are some elective classes that we offer that allows the student to, to get some, uh, to develop a bit of a specialty. And that could be in wildfires. We have another course in fire investigations, uh, another course in, in um, industrial fire safety. So looking at uh, chemical process plants and that sort of thing, fire safety issues there. So we do offer um, some, some courses at the undergrad level to do that. Uh, at, at our graduate, at the graduate level, there's more opportunity to do that with, again, some specialization and especially with the research opportunities that come along with the grad program. Uh, I, I will say of the of the graduates, then, um, I think a lot of the specialization will, will come um, following their days at the university more often than not. And I do see specialties among our alumni that um, are related either to a particular application. There, there are some, some alums that that deal principally with fire safety and healthcare facilities. Others are doing fire safety in heavy industry or, or power plants. Others may be in transportation applications. Uh, wildfire would be an, another recent one. Or they develop a, a specialty or, or, or get known for expertise with a particular type of fire protection system, be it sprinkler, fire alarm, smoke control, whichever those systems I talked about previously, uh, where that gets to be their thing and their niche that they, that they um, uh, develop over then their their career as as it is and become very well known for that become handbook authors in that area or maybe write some books and so on and so forth um, so it, some of that seed is planted here at the university but uh, I, I see an awful lot of it go on once the uh, the person leaves here yeah so you alluded to some of the graduate programs um, I don't know if you'd like to go and explain a little bit more about that but could you maybe explain what additional education someone might receive through some of these uh, other programs that you have? Sure, absolutely. So uh, I will say that we've, we've got um, master's degrees that we offer here, and, and there's even a PhD that's possible uh, that, uh, that we offer. Now, the, the PhD, I have to say, in truth and advertising is formally with another engineering department. Most of them, most of our PhD students uh, are, are officially tied to mechanical engineering. Um, but uh, the, the students are taking fire protection engineering classes, conducting fire protection engineering research, and so on. So for all intents and purposes, they're our PhD students. But let's talk more to the master's students. So they're, uh, 
I, I find that the, that our master students here are uh, comprised of two groups. Basically, they're they're a set of our bachelor of science uh, graduates who are continuing on, looking to provide uh, a higher level of technical understanding of, of particular areas, or again, some perhaps to develop some of those specialties that we talked about previously through some research activities. So uh, we, we have certainly a, a group of our students that continue, or a group of our bachelor students that continue. Otherwise, the, the students come from um, other engineering fields, be it mechanical or civil or, or whichever, and uh, they're, they're looking to, to come into the fire field and uh, get the fire protection background so that they can become practicing fire protection engineers. Um, and uh, uh, we, we have... Um, two options for our master's degree programs. We, we uh, have students that we uh, have here in person on campus and, and uh, attending classes in person on campus. There's another option that we start, started in 2004 that was a, a uh, online option for that. So allowing students to, to get that background by uh, taking our classes and uh, not having to move to College Park, Maryland for two years or a year and a half to do that. Um, and these are the, the online students in particular, principally those, the mechanical engineers that are uh, civil engineers, whatever they're engineering, they've heard about fire somewhat late, uh, perhaps, or, or as they were well through their undergrad program and now want to want to enter the practice of fire protection engineering. And um, our, our grad degree program provides a really good bridge for that. Oh, that's great, Jim. And I, I want to just thank you for your time today and giving us a glimpse into the University of Maryland and the Department uh, for, for Fire Protection Engineering and, and what can be available there. And if there's any um, maybe high school students that are looking to get more information, would they how would they uh, go about getting getting that from you or? They'd be welcome to contact me. Absolutely. So, yeah, I would say one of the one of the challenges, is, as I said in the beginning here, that is uh, getting people to know that there is a field of fire protection engineering. So it, if, uh, it, if you have heard this and you, if you are a high school student or perhaps you know of a high school student, uh, you, you, I, I would love for you to, to relay this information to them and, and tell them about us. Uh, have, have those individuals uh, contact me directly and they can reach out to me through, through my email at the university um, and we'd, I'd be happy to, to make that available uh, to them. Um, I'm, I'm on our department website and so on, so pretty easy to find. But, but otherwise, it's my last name at umd.edu. So milky at umd.edu. And I, I would love to correspond with anyone who might have an interest in joining us. Well, that's great. And I really appreciate your time again today. So uh, thank you for uh, being with me, Jim, and great information as always. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Industry Roundtable. Be on the lookout for more podcasts in the coming weeks covering a range of fire and life safety related topics. Before we wrap up, I wanted to mention that this podcast is for informational purposes and is not professional advice. We recommend you consult with your local authorities or seek professional counsel for your life safety needs.